My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Tuesday the 18th of July. I'm Sam Kozlowski. I'm Zara Seidler. It feels like a distant memory. A giant padlock is about to snap shut on Sydney and the rest of the state as we go into an unprecedented lockdown. A time when going too far away from your home or meeting more than one person in public could land you a $1,000 fine. Heavy fines were handed out to more than 160 people. Dozens more people have been slapped with huge fines for flouting COVID restrictions. In New South Wales, around 60,000 COVID fines were issued. And while more than half of them were cancelled last year, the rest remain. It's also been revealed that not everyone in New South Wales was impacted by those fines equally. So what went wrong and what will happen now to those remaining fines? We're going to let you know in today's deep dive, but first, Zara, some important news about the upcoming referendum. Today, the Australian Electoral Commission will publish the yes and the no cases for the Indigenous Voice to Parliament referendum. The AEC is going to use separate, unedited documents to begin work on official pamphlets. These pamphlets will eventually be mailed out to you and I and every single voter in the country ahead of the referendum. So we are really going to see those yes and no arguments from today. A woman has been hospitalised after being attacked by four dingoes. Paramedics say the 23-year-old woman was bitten on her limbs and torso while jogging on Gurry, formerly known as Fraser Island. She was taken to hospital in a stable condition. At least 39 people have died in torrential rain in South Korea. Downpours have lashed certain parts of the country over the past week. And today's good news is from the Sunshine State. All Queenslanders will be eligible for a free flu vaccination. It will be available for five weeks from the 22nd of July and offered at pharmacies and GPs across the state. So at the end of last year, the New South Wales government was forced to cancel over 33,000 fines issued for COVID-19 restriction breaches. There's now a legal challenge on foot seeking to have the remaining almost 30,000 fines fully cancelled. And just to bring some fond memories back for everybody, when we're talking about the fines, we're talking about the breaches to public health orders. So there were things like how far you could travel from your home, how many people you could have in your home and who you could socialise with, what the self-isolation rules were if you had COVID or if you were a close contact or if you could travel regionally. It was definitely a moment in time. And during that period of the 2021 lockdown, over $45 million worth of fines were issued by New South Wales police for breach of the Public Health Act. And to put that into context, during a three-month period during the 2021 lockdown, over $45 million worth of fines were issued by New South Wales Police for breach of the Public Health Act. I mean, $45 million worth of fines in a three-month period sounds like a great revenue generator for the New South Wales government. But at the end of last year, half of all fines in New South Wales were actually cancelled. Talk me through that. Why did it happen? Yeah, so it came about from a test case in the New South Wales Supreme Court where lawyers representing the government did concede that some of those fines were invalid because the fine itself didn't have enough information on it as to why it was issued. And so to dive deep into this, you've got to look at the wording of the fine, which said that the person who was issued the fine failed to comply with noticed direction. 
And that was instead of, you know, failed to remain within five kilometers of their home or any specific offense. And this is really important because if you don't know exactly what you were fined for, you can't challenge the fine and you can't verify whether it was a fair or appropriate amount of money. It's kind of similar to if you got a fine in the mail that said failure to comply with a speed limit. Mm. You don't know what exactly you've been fined for. And therefore, you can't take the appropriate action. Okay, so the court basically found that those COVID fines weren't specific enough in setting out what the offence was, and therefore all of those fines were cancelled. So what happened then for the people who had received them in the first place? Well, just after the court made that ruling, Revenue New South Wales, which is the body that issued the fines, they issued their own statement and they said because of that court case, they would be withdrawing those fines issued for the same reasons as the ones that came in front of the court. They were really careful to say that them withdrawing the fines didn't mean that the offences weren't committed in the first place. But they did say that the fines would be withdrawn. There were 33,121 of them. And that's around half of the total number of COVID-19 fines issued. In the state. In the state. In the cases where the people had already paid a fine, New South Wales Revenue said they would be issuing a refund. All right. So half of the fines were withdrawn somewhere in the 30,000, yeah? Yeah. So then there was still another... 30,000 because you said there were around 60 altogether. So what happened to the remaining 30,000? Well, that's what we're talking about today. A new case being brought to the New South Wales courts by the Redfern Legal Centre could change that. Now, according to the centre, the client in this case was issued a $3,000 fine for leaving Greater Sydney without a permit. At the time when she was fined, the woman was homeless and living out of her van, and she was near the New South Wales border waiting on a permit to enter South Australia, where a friend had offered her some accommodation. And this case will use the same logic as the last case, and they'll basically argue that the remaining fines don't meet a legal requirement to clearly and unambiguously set out exactly what the police were fining the woman for. So this case is in its early days. It's just been filed and we're going to have to keep tabs on it to see what happens. But based on what we know about the first case and how the courts received that, it is possible that all remaining COVID fines are going to be cancelled in New South Wales. I have no doubt that that would be very welcome news for those who got fined. But I can't help but think about when we're having this conversation that it is extremely important to acknowledge that Not everybody was equally impacted by these fines, at least here in New South Wales. What do we know about who was receiving them? Well, we understand more about the profile of who was fined in New South Wales because of some research done by the UNSW Centre for Crime Law and Justice. And what they found was the burden of the fines fell heavily on socioeconomically disadvantaged individuals, families and communities, especially in areas like southwestern and western Sydney, as well as western New South Wales. Now, we've also heard that First Nations people were disproportionately impacted. The town of Walgett, where 21% of the population identify as Aboriginal, experienced the highest rates of COVID penalty notices per capita in the state. In a statement, the Darawa Elders Group said, The New South Wales government made a big mistake for our community in tasking police to lead the local emergency response to this public health crisis. Police have a long history as an intimidating presence in Walgett without a track record of building trust or communicating well with the local Aboriginal community. Now, this report also found that not only did the fines lead to debt for those who received them, but it also really damaged that relationship between police and communities, which was already pretty strained. 
I think now enough time has passed that we're able to start assessing how some of the responses to the pandemic played out. I think at the time it felt very novel, it felt very new. You know, a lot of people just accepted what was being told because it was so foreign to all of us. Now, in retrospect, and certainly, I guess, with an eye to moving forward, what do you think the lessons in all of this are? Well, first I'll say that I hope that we never have another public health emergency to have to play out similar restrictions. But if we look then at some of the recommendations for what to do next time, there are some outlined in that UNSW report. One of the writers of the report made a comment about the police force, and they said that the New South Wales police force should review its use of penalty notices for all offence categories and prioritise less punitive methods of encouraging compliance, including engagement, education and negotiation. Ultimately, the report says that these fines do not increase public safety or improve health outcomes, but rather what they do is they exacerbate harms experienced by already disadvantaged communities. Thanks for listening in to this episode of The Daily Oz. We have loved reading your reviews on Spotify. So if you liked this episode, you can go to your Spotify app and it'll give you a little box under the episode name. And there you can tell us how you felt about the episode and any questions you might have. Have a fabulous Tuesday and we'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.